following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Today joining us are Darsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and here's our host, Tom Dupree. We're powered by Dupree Financial Group. Good, mo- yeah, good morning. morning. It's yeah, morning. Good morning. It's morning. Good morning. We have several stories to cover here. Uh, obviously, the market keeps going to uh, new highs. Is the Dow over 28,000 now? Uh, it is. Yeah. I don't watch it. It scares me. Um, but uh, I'm not scared of what we invest in. It's just averages, you know. They they are uh, are pretty high. Market timing when clocks have no hands. Warren's Buffett Warren Buffett's warning is as relevant now as it was in 2000. This is by Sean Langlois. It looks like it's in uh, uh, Money Watch uh, or. What is this? Market watch. Market watch. Money watch. Uh, This is a quote from uh, Buffett's letter to shareholders back in the year 2000. They know that overstaying the festivities, that is, continuing to speculate in companies that have gigantic valuations relative to the cash they are likely to generate in the future will eventually bring on pumpkins and mice. But, They nevertheless hate to miss a single minute of what is one hell of a party. Therefore, the giddy participants all plan to leave just seconds before midnight. There's a problem, though. They're dancing in a room in which the clocks have no hands. Um, You know, I I would say that uh, when Buffett wrote that, he was still decidedly a value investor. Uh, Today, I'm not sure I would completely call him that. Uh, that, Would would he write the same letter today? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's got $120 billion in treasury bills and hasn't really made a play. He's bought a few stocks here lately, bought some bank stocks. He sold some. He's gotten out of – it looks like he's gotten out of more positions than he's gotten into. He has, yes. Yeah. And um, – but now he's he's been buying back his own uh, stock. Is he buying the A or the B shares, or, or do we know? Or? Uh, 
I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it would obviously show up in the volume of the A shares because, you know, they would it'd probably be higher than normal volume. Right. If he could find sellers, you know, th those suckers are, I mean, what, 300-something thousand dollars right. a share. <laughs> so, anyway. Buy else. Sell yeah, A-share. I know. <laughs> exactly. Buy, buy a Bugatti. Um <laughs> Now, you know, this is revisiting uh, a statement from the year 2000. Uh, some are saying that today uh, interest rates were significantly higher back then. Um, you didn't have an activist Fed like you do today. Uh, and it remains to be seen, you know, how that'll turn out. Um I'm not sure it applies to today, but you can certainly try to make parallels. I, I think you can. Um, I, I would also argue that the Fed, maybe perhaps not as activist, but <clears throat> back then, if you remember, in 1998, uh, long-term capital management yeah. uh, went under, and uh, the Fed actually uh, you know, tried to uh, bail out so to speak, or at least pumped in liquidity into the markets. Uh, in 1998, the S&P 500 dropped 20% rapidly. So um, long-term capital management was actually a bond shop that looked like they were basically carrying a whole bunch of bonds on margin. I right. mean, and, and they were not of the best credit quality, but it looked like they were good enough, and, you know, they dropped – eight or 10% just like that because right. they were maybe something similar to CMBS or, or some right. sort of thing. And the margin loan was so big that it affected the banking system. Right. And the, the Fed was very active then. Uh, they also lowered interest rates. Uh, and as too big to fail. LT Long-term capital was too big to fail. Right. That's the beginning of the too big to fail stuff right. that we saw. Right. Um, and even prior to that, I guess it was the mid-90s when there was the the Mexican peso crisis, and even the Fed played a big role there. Yeah, like 94. Right. In Orange County, California, there was something that right. happened with that. So, um, but but the the move that you saw in the markets, the Nasdaq basically doubled in six months uh, towards uh, the end of '99. Uh, we haven't seen that sort of a move. Al although, if you look at some individual stocks, you've seen them double uh, since March. Some big stocks like Apple, for example, uh, on, on high volume. On high volume, yes. Um, and then a stock like Tesla has gone up even more, perhaps eight or nine times since March. Um, so from that point of view, it, it does seem excessive. But at the same time, you know, back in the late 90s, uh, I don't know if people were, uh, there were a few people like Warren Buffett, you know, who were saying that this was a bubble. But today it seems like a lot of people are saying that this is a bubble, which almost makes me wonder if it's going to go on for a while because everyone thinks it's a bubble. I'm sure Jeremy Grantham is probably saying that. He is, yes. So he's saying this is the biggest bubble of his career. He's never seen anything <laughs> this big. There's <laughs> always a new day, you know. He, he's been proved right, though, many yeah. times. He called it back in the late 90s, 1987 also. Uh, so I, I guess only time will tell. But 
as you said, interest rates are extremely low. They weren't this low back in uh, the late 90s. So I don't know if, you know, more money is, you know, just getting into stocks because there are no other alternatives. So, you know, my background is as a bond guy. And that's really uh, when I started in the business in 1978, uh, rates hadn't really gone up like they did, but they were still significantly higher than they are today. Like a, a long-term treasury bond was somewhere around 7%. Um, municipals, 6% right in there. And then subsequently they went as high as, I don't know how long high the long-term treasury got, maybe 14%, something like that, which was a horrible bear market. As interest rates go higher, bond prices go down. And traders and investors become demoralized. And, uh, you know, you, you really had capitulation where people would not buy long-term bonds because they just thought inflation was going to keep going higher. So they bought short-term stuff, which actually l yielded more. But there's two parts to yield. One of them is uh, actual cash payments. But the other part is duration, and so you weren't you weren't able to really to to buy short term paper didn't tie your money up for that yield for very long. People thought, well, I'll be able to roll it over and over again at seventeen percent, and it'll be like owning a long term bond without the duration risk. Uh uh, <laughs> doesn't work like that. When you see a nice long term yield, you got to step in there and buy it, which a lot of people didn't. Mm -hmm. And then the rally came and it's been going on for 40 years. You know, I mean, it really has. I mean, even recently we've seen short-term rates go a lot lower. So I don't know how you call a stock market. You know, sometimes you just have to take it for what it is and not read anything into it. Right. And th there are also examples. If you look at the Japanese market, interest rates have been low for a long time. Yet uh, the market has really gone nowhere. Um, it hadn't done anything. Same with a uh, few European markets. So I, I don't know if there's necessarily a direct correlation. You know, I mean, yes. So interest rates are low. I, I think it has more to do with just demographics. Uh, you know, there's more innovation that happens here in the U.S. Uh, and perhaps there's just more of an affinity uh, towards the stock market uh, in the U.S. Uh, so. I, d I don't know if it's just low interest rates that that's making the stock market go up. If that was the case, why didn't Japanese stocks go up and interest rates went to zero there? Well, the U.S. is still the most innovative place in the world. Right. And um, money flows here and goes into our companies. You know, people think that Elon Musk is – the most brilliant guy going when I think he's mainly just a extremely good promoter, you know, and, uh, and, and I think a lot of people know that also, and they still invest in the stock because everybody else is. Well, I think he's, he's brought about. So apart from just Tesla, when you look at everything that he's doing with uh, space, uh, SpaceX, I think that's pretty brilliant. Yes, it is. I'm not saying he hasn't had some great ideas and he promotes them very well. Uh, 
but um, I'm not sure how good of businesses they are. Yeah, SpaceX is is not even. I guess it's not even a business from the point of view of you know it generating anything at this point, but the technology that that has gone behind it, you know, I wonder if that can be applied to other places. Well, what may happen is whenever new technology comes about, the early promoters of it <clears throat> go bankrupt and somebody else uses it right. later on. I mean, you, you know, that's history is littered with the carcasses of, <laughs> right. of, of companies like that. Right. So well, one of the other key points to this though, uh, when we're talking about, you know, valuations in the market right now, um, they, they make the point that asset inflation cycle better not stop because it's a long way down to fundamental support. Damn so, right. or darn right. <laughs> so when you're as an investor, if you're looking to buy Tesla or Apple or w whatever it may be, that's not to say that the price can't continue to go up, but what we're seeing, we are seeing some revenue growth, some, but you've seen multiple expansion, you know, and what is the, when they say fundamental support, what's the real value of the company? And that's what, if, unless that multiple expansion keeps happening, you're either a waiting for the company to grow into its valuation, which if you're, you know, Amazon has a what, 130 PE, um, Tesla, do they technically have a PE? <laughs> they, they do. They did generate a profit. It's like a thousand. Like a thousand. A thousand. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, I mean, what is fundamental support for these? So that those, that's right. something we consider a lot for our clients when we're looking for something to buy. What is the real value of the company? And try not to overpay for things. Well, and to, to add to that, I think the biggest takeaway that I took from reading this article was the importance of a plan and the importance of sticking to a plan. I mean, the the best way to get from point A to point B is to, to chart a course and to stay on that course. I think about it from a, a life perspective. The best way to get from being a college grad to, to retired is to make a plan, follow the plan, don't get uh, sidetracked by the shiny lights. Don't get si sidetracked by the party going on next door or something like that, you know, because, uh, I mean, you see it in life. You, 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 may, you may have a plan and then, uh, you know, something derails the plan. You, uh, you go to a party one time. As, as Buffett says, one hell of a party. You go to a party one time, you try some new drug, the Tesla drug, we're going to say that. And it wrecks your life because, you know, let's say it drops 80% or something like that you now. And, and now you're sitting here and, and this happened in 2000. That's what Buffett was saying. You know, there was, there's a lot of companies that went bankrupt. You never got your money back. Never, mm -hmm. ever got your money back. You know, that you talk about setting you back. Well, now, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to retire at 65, well, now you're looking, you're either going to have to save twice what your original plan was or push it to 80. You know, that's, that's the thing of, it, it sucks to see all these these really cool things going on left and right, but if you just put the blinders on and go, that's the quickest way to get to where you want to get to. No? I had people back in, the, in 2000, because I was with a brokerage firm, 
tell me, you just don't understand. You know, I was trying to tell people about value and this kind of thing. They would roll their eyes and act like, you know, I, I just had no sense. You've seen the same reaction with Buffett and during, you know, since COVID, you know, people have kind of dismissed him. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe he has, you know, lost his touch. Um, or maybe he is allowed to, or maybe he does <laughs> see something that, uh, you know, that he'll have the last laugh on. Well, I think you look at Buffett, talk about sticking to a plan. He's yeah. never up until now, you could argue he's never deviated from his original investment approach. Actually he has, he's, he's gone from being, uh, a pure value investor to being a guy that invests in good businesses. And he's not as sensitive to, uh, you know, liquidating value. But I think he, he's not a true Ben Graham investor anymore. But I think that his his plan and his original thesis too, though, centers around time. You know, giving giving buying a good business or yeah. good value, and giving it time. And I think that the reason that maybe he's skewed now is that, I mean, he's knocking on Nani's door, yeah, and he's like, well, I don't have. 10, 15 years to let something percolate. I would argue that Coca-Cola was never a value investment. I mean, it was, it was a growth stock and, but it was a great business. You know, he, he just saw it as, and that's been the one kind of in my career that he invested in it back during the eighties. And, uh, he was friends with the CEO and he, he, he lived through the, the, uh, new Coke fiasco and, and all that and stayed an investor. And, uh, you know, but now that stock's been kind of sideways for years now, hasn't it? I mean, uh, it's gone up since 08 or nine. I don't know percentage wise, but I mean, since he's owned it, he's done extremely well. Yeah. He, um, he, well, he he's done well with it. And he, and he's always dripped it. Dividend reinvestment, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, and so between Coke buying back shares and expiring them and Buffett doing a drip, he's incrementally owned more and more, more Coke. Just more by virtue of collecting the dividend. Well, I think his dividends now are more, more than, what he paid. than his initial investment just from the dividend yeah. every year, which is, you know, that's just. I think he had paid $200 million for. Is he, that what it was? He, yeah, something like that. That was his first investment. Well, uh, Buffett, you know, credits uh, Charlie Munger, uh, his partner at Berkshire, for helping him transition into the more growth stocks. Yeah. So uh, Munger's a lot smarter than, I mean, he, he may right. be smarter than Buffett. I, I don't yeah, know. he's just a background guy, but uh, he, he's played a big role in that company. Very like, much uh, so. It's like Wozniak at Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Always got to have that guy behind you that, you know, right. keeps the PR low, but does the good yeah. stuff. I mean, uh, Munger, he's on board of Costco. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's like 95. Or yeah. Something. He, he's just, I love watching interviews with him because big Coke bottle bottom. Glasses. They'll, they'll, they'll give him a big, long question. And it's like a two word answer. Yeah, but but there's so much behind those two words, though. I mean, he's just yeah. he's funny in that he's just kind of salty and gruff. But well, you there's act, he acts a lot like of he's wisdom. about to get mad 
yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like he's about PO'd or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Well, so I mean, even he, uh, he's 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 older than Buffett. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. and so that that's what I'm saying is is you know when you're looking at what they're doing now is in my mind you know they made a plan and it's kind of one of those like all right you know there's no sense and we we've reached we've reached where we wanted to reach or we've 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 attained what we could attain yeah. there's no sense in taking a uh, 10 15 year time horizon on things at this well point. i mean if you listen to munger he's really kind of a philosopher yeah right. that's kind of what he is so Yes, yes, and there's one book written about him, uh, Poor uh, Charlie's Almanac, which is a great book. <laughs> don't don't you have his autograph? I do. I have a signed copy of that book. <laughs> well, we're going to go to a break. I get this music going to take us out. We like to educate God and empower, and that plan that these guys have been talking about in this first half you can give us a call at 859-233-0400, and we'd love to help you come up with a plan for your retirement future. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the second half of the show. Stay tuned. Those who are unemployed. Stop the violence. The latest on all this coming up at the top of the hour. Let's break this down. Because this matters. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Many people have 401k and 403b plans for their retirement investment accounts. In certain cases, our firm can help participants in these plans manage their investments. This can be helpful because those retirement plans often offer numerous different mutual funds as investment options, and unless the participant is an investment expert, it can be quite confusing. In this case, we put our investment expertise to work for you, the participant. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP or WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 iHeartRadio is the number one choice for music, radio, and podcasts all in one. No one makes it easier to hear everything you love in one free app. It's all right here. My favorite radio station. It's every song that I've hit that thumb up button thing. It's a perfect mix of my favorite songs. You know, I like listening to my stations from back home. So I feel like I'm going somewhere. <laughs> it's the only way I get a vacation. iHeart has it all. If you're not one of the tens of millions who have the app, download iHeartRadio for free today and start listening. iHeartRadio. They had snuck in in the night and committed these murders. Nobody had a clue about a who or a why. 
got eight people dead and uh, things like that don't usually happen in a small town. I mean, they don't usually happen anywhere. Somebody was trying to send a message. I, I don't think there can be any doubt about that. They could have written a more sinister story than what's playing out in Pike County, Ohio right now. Find the Piketon Massacre on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. As we get back on the road and traffic increases, the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety is reminding you that law enforcement will be out this summer during the Blue Lights Across the Bluegrass campaign. The goal is not to write tickets, but to save lives. So do your part. Make smart choices each and every time you get behind the wheel. Obey the speed limit, drive sober, buckle up, and put your phone down. Spare yourself a ticket and possibly a life. Be safe this summer, Kentucky. Cold front is dropping its way in across the area this afternoon and evening. Ahead of that, it is tropical. Watch out for scattered thunderstorms. It could be a little on the strong side. It's not raining all day by any means. Better weather on Sunday in terms of temperatures, especially into the upper 70s, lower humidity, but late-day thunderstorms are possible. Could be some heavy rain-producing storms into town again Sunday night and Monday. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. The KSR Golf Scramble returns to Woodson Bend Resort on September 14th. Join Matt and the KSR crew for a day at the course, green and cards fees, lunch, and more. Limited reserve teams available now at WLAP.com. Presented by Midnight Rooster and A-Vision Glass. News Nation is starting Tuesday, 8, 7 central on WGN America. News, not talk. Facts, not opinions. In primetime, seven nights a week. News Nation. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Who's your wireless network? AT&T? Verizon? Well, the average person is saving $400 a year just by switching to Pure Talk USA. Pure Talk is on the same network, same towers, just 50% of the price. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 2 gigs of data for just $20 a month. Switch to Pure Talk today. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say switch now. That's pound 250, say switch now. Pure Talk USA. Simply, smarter, wireless. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk USA. Can Donald Trump really beat Joe Biden? Now, Blitz, a new bestseller by David Horowitz, reveals President Trump's real game plan. Blitz even predicts Trump will win in a landslide. Mark Levin calls Blitz the indispensable book of the 2020 election. It's already a New York Times bestseller. Get Blitz or check out the free offer and save $28. Just go online to blitz411.com or call 800-NEWSMAX. That's 800-NEWSMAX. Get Blitz today. We live in uncertain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. There's a place up ahead and I'm going 
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of the hour with us, Darsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and Tom Dupree. Powered by Dupree Financial Group, coming to you from the Dupree Studios on Main Street. Here you go, Tom. Welcome back to the second half of this hour. Uh, this is an article by Alessandro Melito entitled, I'm 52. I won't live past 80 and I have $1.6 million. I'm tired of both the rat race and workplace politics. Should I retire? Gosh, I don't know what to tell this guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, you guys have read the article. I have too. Anybody got any comments? Yeah, this is this is kind of we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do a case study, okay. if you will. You know, for people listening, um, this is not out of the ordinary of things that we've been hearing here recently. You know, with the shutdown, uh, we've had a number of people come in say, you know, I, I'm enjoying this. And I'm mid fifties. I'm looking to retire. Yeah. Here's what I have set up. And so this is the regular conversation we've been having. Um, I want to kind of dig into this, use this as the case study, if you will. So we have a, a gentleman that's 52. He says, I won't live past 80 and has 1.6 million, uh, saved up. He's been saving since his mid twenties, been saving half his salary since his mid twenties. Um, and he's tired of his job, wants to retire. He says he has a budget of 60,000 a year. Um, so let's take each one of those one at a time. First, he says, I won't live past 80. That's a big assumption right there. Yeah, sure that, and that, that's something you have to be very careful of because he says longevity doesn't run in his family, but people are living longer now. Um, the, there's a good likelihood that he would live past 80. Uh, so that's the first assumption. Well, you're playing God. I mean, yeah, you, that's right. you, you don't, you know, you have no idea uh, that's right. of what you're going to do or what you might. I mean, it's determinism, which I don't agree with. That's saying that you won't have anything to live for past 80. You, you may, you, uh, you exactly. may have something, you know, so what's that saying? If you want to, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him, tell him what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Man plans and God laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, several other pieces, um, he doesn't specify, and this would be something that we would discuss with someone in person that we're talking to. He doesn't mention if he's single, if he's married, has a family, heirs, beneficiary, what's the long-term use of the money? If it's just him, well, then there it could be a different scenario than if he has, you know, he's wanting to pass on something to beneficiaries. Um, but if you look just at the numbers, um, so sixty thousand a year, if that's a gross withdrawal, that's three point seven five percent. Well, that's below the four percent threshold that we recommend. So on the service, like, hey, that looks okay. Um, but if he needs to take that out net, if he was taking that from uh, an IRA, let's not even discuss the the penalties associated with it. But you know that would be if he withheld fifteen percent, he'd be taking about seventy one thousand. Well, that puts it at four point four percent withdrawal rate. Right. The key though is the the length of time that he would be drawing on this. When you're looking at 
30, 40 years of drawing on a pot of money, that's a lot of time for something to go awry in your planning. Uh, it could be. Are you planning on not working at all during that time? Are you, are you, are, you know, yeah, exactly. And that's what we discuss with people in here. You know, why not? If you're burnt out on your job, you have this experience, you have this expertise, look at something as a part-time, you know, a, a, you know, a consultant or maybe a, a career shift, something yeah. to do for part-time work for twofold to keep you from having to tap into the savings, um, uh, at that high or at that percent. Uh, but then also to keep your mind engaged, you, you keep your skills sharpened. Yeah. Uh, so that way you, you have options. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, to, to add to that, and there's psychological studies done that if you don't have a plan in retirement, whether it is, you know, hobbies or a second job or something like that. I mean, that's, that's the quickest way to an early death at that point, you know, because you're just going to sit and become sedentary and your mind's going to become, it's, everything will atrophy, not, not just your muscles, your mind, everything. Um, but on top of that too, another thing that you always, that, that he may not be considering in this plan is that he's going from a group insurance, yeah. health insurance policy, you know, to a, a individual policy because what, what's yeah. he got? 13 years before Medicare kicks in. Right. Now, so you talk about what that cost is. Yeah. Now, that takes you from a 3.7% gross withdrawal rate to uh, maybe a, a 5%. Exactly. You, know, you better hope you don't make it to 80 at that point. Right. It, <laughs> it gets pretty scary, you know, and, and that's why before you jump, you need to, you, you need to kind of, at least go over your plan with, with one or two other people, you know, because yeah, that, don't keep it all in your head. Well, and if you've, you know, your eyes are pretty good, but a second set of eyes are going to be able to maybe see things that you didn't see. You now that, yeah. and, and that's with everything in life. That's, you know, I think about how our investment approach works here. No one person picks the individual investments, you know, it's, it's always a, it's always a round table discussion because your eyes may, may see something that my eyes don't see or, or you know, vice versa. Right. Right. The having that second set of eyes and having it go as a, a dynamic plan, you know, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. And so let's say he comes in, we discuss, you know, the pros and cons, you know, discuss, okay, these are the ramifications. He says, I'm doing it. I want to do this. Okay. Well, we manage the investments. We sit down every six months, go over what's going on in his life and, you know, try to keep it on track for what he initially set out. And probably at every meeting, so are you bored yet? Have you started, you yeah. know, looking for part-time work? You know, it, we're always going to be, uh, straightforward, um, and tell them, okay, this long-term, this could hurt you. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's a very uncomfortable conversation, but that's what our clients pay us for. Everybody has something that they're supposed to do. And there's, and I'm just going to say it. I read the Bible and nowhere in there does it talk about retirement. <laughs> Moses was 80 years old when he got lined out. <laughs> you know, it took him a while. 
Abraham, his wife was 127 years old when, when she had her first child. I mean, you know, people are, we have this dumbass, excuse me, uh, mentality about what we've been told by the world, what our usefulness is and how long it's going to last. And I think it's complete BS. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I look at doctors that, uh, we had one that, you know, drove himself kind of crazy looking at the market. Yeah. Genius in the medical industry. Couldn't keep practicing because of the malpractice insurance. That's a sad loss of his skill set mm -hmm. that could have been utilized. And, you know, what happens is the system basically tells people you're done now and, and, and they believe it. Right. That, that it's, it's shame on them for believing it. That's right. So, well, and, and that's the thing is, you know, in retirement to, to what you were saying, Tom, basically you could say that my usefulness at my current job is no longer needed, right? but I am useful somewhere else. You know, I, right. I think, I, and that's scary to try to find that because you got to get out there and feel around and you might have some swing and misses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think of, um, you know, pastors, there's ministers out there. How many of them leave their church to go to another church because they feel like they've done all they can do at the church that they're at. And it may not be a better job that they're taking, like a more high paying or, or this or that, but it's just that they have this calling that they need to be more useful somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it just depends on a lot of different things, relationships and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, ultimately we're all like little incorporated businesses, you know, and our thing that we sell is, is our abilities right. and our, our desire, our willingness to, uh, you know, do something. Right. And, uh, or sometimes it isn't so much doing anything. It's just being there. I never will forget. Uh, we were, building, uh, this was when I was in college, my father built these, uh, cabins for a retreat center. And, uh, it was just a bunch of us young, we couldn't get off the dime. We didn't know what, you know, and this man, Bob Fields, he's passed away, lived in, in, uh, Mount Vernon. He, he was an ex missionary. And, uh, he asked him, he said, would you go over there and basically help them? And he came over and he didn't, he didn't lift a finger. He just kind of stood there and said, he pointed this and pointed that next thing, you know, man, that thing was going up. I mean, <laughs> and it, it was, it was not, Bob did not do any work. He basically gave us the confidence to do it ourselves, but he, but he, he stood there and just kind of watched us. And, uh, you know, we knew that he wasn't going to let anybody lay around not doing anything. And, and that some of that was going on, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was just by his presence, you know, Warren Buffett, 
I mean, in a sense, probably doesn't do much nowadays except read, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Come in there and look at your T-bills? <laughs> Man, they look nice. It's like me calling that guy and trying to sell him some bonds, and he bought them, and I go, how do you like them? <laughs> you know, let, let's talk about them now that you own them. Yeah, there's nothing uh, to do. It, it, you, it's Sometimes it's just the presence of the person that makes a difference. Well, and that, that presence is you have the experience behind that presence that that gentleman, he could say, you know, if you were putting a, a, a corner in the wrong way or yeah. the angles wrong, he would say, okay, you do this because he may have spent, you know, X amount of time wasting time f- figuring it out. And he did, but he didn't do it himself. Right. He, he, he had us do it, but he saved, he saved you all a lot of time. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, he, the one thing that he gave us was this confidence that it was going to get done because he'd been on a, a bunch of jobs and done a lot of things himself. Right. And, but you all were also willing to listen and we were and to accept that. Oh, presence. we needed, we needed the discipline. Yeah. We, we needed to have somebody around. So, you know, there, there's a reason why, you know, it talks about, uh, you know, this is also in the Bible, you know, young men do these things. Older men do, you know, see visions or dream dreams. They, uh, tend to operate from their experience. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you know, your experience is worth something. You may not think it is. See this guy, what I have a problem with this guy is he doesn't, seem to think his experience is worth anything and that I'm just going to be gone at 80 and it's not going to matter. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't look at life like that. Absolutely. Regardless of what role he has been in or, you know, listeners, um, you have built the experience, you've built interests, uh, expertise in yeah. certain things. And doesn't that count for something? Exactly. And curiosity, you know, wanting to, you know, uh, compound that experience, that expertise into something else. And you can apply so many different uh, uh, characteristics, traits, experiences. You can apply them to, to so many different industries. Um, you know, if yeah. it's if it's accounting, well, you, you think, well, okay, CPA. Well, it, maybe it's corporate accounting. Maybe it's healthcare. I mean, th- that everybody's experiences can be applied to some productive means well, I, i'll take it to an even simpler role i mean you know uh, i uh, my my father figure my, the the man that basically raised me was my grandfather his his biggest role in retirement was teaching me you know and, and that you that's you, hardest that's role of his sweet. life right you yeah. know and and but did you, you learn anything well I mean, you, yeah you talk about you know the the guy saving you from making mistakes well my grandfather was the guy that watched me make the mistake and then taught me how to fix it afterwards, you know. So he was he because well, you need to learn. What do they say things. about attorneys? Attorneys aren't there to run your business; they're there to get you out of trouble when you exactly when you get in. You know, and <laughs> you think about you know, passing that information down to to the next generation. You know that that's yeah. that's without huge. shoving it on you. You know, yeah. he he lets you go ahead and screw up. Yeah, and I'm sure you did several times. And and then he kind of says, "All right." 
You were you ready to listen? Yeah, still do. Still yeah. still screw up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just from its simplest form, you know, the passing of information. Uh, you talk about you talk about the Bible, Tom. You know what? What do you think? Um, Jacob's father did when when he got old and he had all Isaac. those sons. Uh, yeah, he had all those sons. Yeah, you know they were the ones tending the sheep, tending the fields, doing all doing all the hard labor. But I guarantee you, they learned it from somebody. Well, Jacob was just a little uh, mama's boy. Oh yeah, daddy's boy actually. <laughs> Well, he, he, he became, you know, but he's the one that lied to, about Esau or, you know, got the birthright, came in there and I don't know. I know a guy who basically was a, a kind of a mama's boy. And then his dad died in heavy debt and he had to step up and take over the family business, a mi million dollars in debt. This is back in the fifties. He's 91 years old today. He went through all this kind of thing. Uh, his dad died and left him broke, but he wow. worked his way out of it. Wow. That's a negative inheritance. Hmm. But he's still alive, and, you know, he's been through a lot. And see, those experiences could be passed down. You know, you, you learn from people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that if, if I could say anything to our clients or, or, or our uh, prospects or anybody listening to this show, don't just look at your money that you got saved up as your only asset. Look at your experiences and, and things that you can do. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what your life is about. It's not about your retirement account. It's about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. And your, your drive to continue being, to continue improving in whatever area that you're in, you know, if it's, if it's in whatever industry or whatever experiences that you've had, continue trying to improve on those. Um, if it's an interest that you have, continue to improve on that. And possibly you turn that into a little gig business. Why not? Uh, be it music, art, photography, whatever it is. There's so many ways now that you can make money, um, but just don't sit around and do nothing. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep keep moving forward just one day at a time. I agree with you completely. But I, I think, you know, with with our clients when we're sitting down talking to them, I, absolutely we're going through the numbers with them. But there's so much more to it than that. And it's just this this one case study, which is very basic. There's there's so much there's life behind all of this, and that's that's the big part. It's the relationship part of the business, and so we we go with the numbers, but then we also talk about their life and grandkids, fishing, exactly side jobs. It's all encompassing, exactly. Well, that's a wrap for this week, guys. It's a good conversation. If you'd like to have a conversation with us, you can go to www.deprefinancial.com and you can leave comments about the show on the Let's Contact um, Us button. You can also find our podcast from previous weeks. Uh, there are all sorts of, of informational things on the website 
We appreciate you listening this week. We hope you'll tune in next week. We're here to educate, guide, and empower. Why are you laughing at me, Tom? I I hope you have a great week. I know I'm going to try to. certain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's the Prefinancial Group at 859-233-0400.